Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Stephen Nichols, president of Reformation Bible College. At RBC, our academic philosophy is rooted in the timeless paths of wisdom and truth engaging the classic texts of history, literature, and theology. We care about training mature, thoughtful, and articulate young Christian men and women, and we believe that a distinctly classical education lays the groundwork for our students to thrive in society for God's glory. We also emphasize spiritual discipleship and living in purposeful community to help our students serve effectively as Christian leaders. You can earn a two-year associate's or a four-year bachelor's degree in theology. We also offer a one-year certificate program. Apply today to invest in an affordable education that will serve you for a lifetime. Please visit us at reformationbiblecollege.org. Hello, and welcome to Dwell, a Cersei Institute podcast for homeschool moms by homeschool moms. I'm Emily Hill, and joining me are Karen Kern and Renee Mathis. Hey, friends. Hello. Hey, Emily. Hi, Karen. Hi. Good to be here. We had such a lovely time last week getting to know each other a bit, and we discovered that although all three of us are in different seasons of life, we all share the same longing to be homemakers in the true meaning of the word, those who make and dwell in homes of goodness and beauty. So that word, dwell, let's talk about that today. So as we know, the name we give a person or a place or things, it matters a lot. I take the business of naming very seriously. Um, So if naming my barn cats and house was a major task, so we named all of our barn cats after constellations, and I can tell you about that later. But you can imagine what it was like to name my children. So choosing a name for this podcast was not taken lightly because we wondered what is it exactly that homeschool moms do? And what can you name a podcast that sums up our work and our hopes and our purpose? We intentionally chose this word dwell as it holds within it all of those things. 
So Karen and Renee, it's been so fun talking through the name dwell and all that it holds. It's a word with very deep meaning. And over the next year or so, we wanna dive into all the different ways as moms and educators, we learn to dwell in our homes and in the places we have been given. The places inside us and the places that surround us. Because learning to dwell is a physical, emotional, and spiritual endeavor. Karen, you'd mentioned a couple thoughts that you had on this that you had seen even reading through the Psalms, and I'd love to kind of hear more about that. Well, I um, I remember when we chose the name Dwell, I can't even remember all the options that we had, but it took us a while to come up with this particular name, and I think that when we did, we all knew, yes, that's the name. And as my friends um, locally to me um, have been over, and we've talked about, oh, what what podcast are you doing next? And I tell them the name, there's always a look of, yes, that's, that's just what we want to hear about. And so I'm really encouraged by that. And looking back at what we, what the themes of the Kindred Conference were last spring, we had one in Concord or Charlotte. Well, actually it was online now that I remember. Um, And then one in person um, in Colorado Springs. Both of those are really about dwelling the one in Colorado was dwelling in hope. We talked a lot about hope, and Psalm 4, verse 9 says, I will both sleep and rest in peace, for you alone, O Lord, cause me to dwell in hope. And uh, Psalm 37, 3 says, and this was the theme for the online kindred, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. And I I just love the two notions together of dwelling in hope. That is, um, our hope doesn't rely on us and our abilities and our plans, but ultimately only in the Lord. And then that while we dwell in the Lord we and in the land, we are cultivating and doing the good work that is required of us wherever we are dwelling in the time. Well, and that brings together those two ideas when you say we dwell in the land and then we dwell in the Lord and bringing the outside and the inside into a place of harmony and living in that and cultivating in that. And just that idea of dwelling in hope, it's very forward looking and Renee, you had mentioned a poem that you had read and thought that makes me think of that, that idea of hope and possibility. Um, I don't know. Do you have the poem there? I do. And I would, I would love to read it. It's short. I want to hear this. So when, when I heard about dwell, I thought of Emily Dickinson's poem, I dwell in possibility. And, and she, she writes, I dwell in possibility, a fairer house than prose, more numerous of windows, superior for doors, of chambers as the cedars, impregnable of eye, and for an everlasting roof, the gambrels of the sky. Of visitors the fairest, for occupation, this, a spreading wide my narrow hands to gather paradise. And for, for a lot of reasons that poem spoke to me. Um, first of all, Houses, <laughs> houses and doors and windows. Right now, where I'm, I'm sitting. I'm in my parents' bedroom, looking across the road at our property, which is going to have a house on it. 
Lord willing, within five to six months, um, this week they started working on the foundation. So there is an immense possibility that we're going to dwell in <laughs> right now, um, just thinking about where our house is going to be. And I just love the fact that as homemakers, there are possibilities all around us. You know, I don't think Emily Dickinson was was dissing the idea of prose. She uses words, you know, but she's a poet. Um, you know, and as moms and homeschooling moms, we have possibilities all over the place. From when we open our refrigerator and think, you know, what are we going to make for dinner tonight? Look at all the possibilities to the possibilities of how God is working in these little people that he's given us to shepherd and to teach and to train. And and the possibilities of the places where he's put us. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. I, I know we tend to focus on the outward circumstances a lot, but we all have different circumstances. And the way Emily Dickinson juxtaposes that, that contrast, spreading wide my narrow hands together paradise. You know, there is joy because God has given us a wonderful world uh, to dwell in. So, yeah, I, I see that kind of as the external and, and Karen talking about, like you said, the internal of where our hope is and it has to come from within. Did that make sense? Yeah, I love that. And I'm, I'm excited for your updates. Just the idea of building a dwelling from the ground up is very hopeful yeah. and yeah. can you name it for me how, can you help me call the name <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh that'll be fun i think naming a house um is a really fun thing and we are a little bit of the opposite we're not starting from the ground up and maybe there maybe you can create a metaphor here starting a building with the foundation and blueprints and having all those ideas yourself or buying a 40-year-old fixer-upper that I was standing in last night thinking, what in the world were we thinking? This is one of the worst ideas that we have ever had, is buying this fixer-upper house. We currently have no carpet. We painted our subfloors as a temporary solution. And so the idea of dwelling in a place that at this moment is not what I envisioned it to be. But this is my home, and this is, this is where I'm raising my children. Um, this is my physical dwelling place. And what does it look like to say, how do I find hope in my dwelling when my circumstances around me are, let's be honest, a little bit chaotic, maybe a lot of bit chaotic. I don't know. It's like a construction zone all the time. And I had the brilliant idea that I should like rip out the bathroom at the same time. That was a bad idea too. But as I've been contemplating that and this idea of naming something in general, choosing a name for the podcast, anytime you name something, of course we want to know well, what does that name mean? And coming back to the definition of dwell, I just looked it up in the dictionary. What does this word mean even if we're going to find out how we learn to walk towards it? And there were a couple definitions that I'd love to share. One of them is to abide as a permanent resident, which is, wow, that got me thinking a lot on what does it mean to be a permanent resident somewhere. Another definition is to inhabit and then also to remain. And as Renee and I are both in these new endeavors of new homes, new dwelling places, but Kieran, You've been in the same place for a long time, in the same home for a long time. You have dwelt 
you've dwelt in the same place for a long time with the same people. How is that? I mean, it's not a new endeavor for you. How has that just impacted you in that or, or formed you as you've just chosen, this is our home, this is our community. What does that look like for you? Well, it, it hasn't always been this way. Like until when we were first married, we lived somewhere for three years and then we lived several places for five years. And this is the longest that I've ever lived anywhere in my life. Um, the same the same house. I've never lived in a house this long and it's been like 2004, so it's not terribly long. Um, I come to love it because it's where my children all grew up and have left and sometimes come back to. Um, but then I also feel like this discontent also often like, oh, we really need to change these. These are all the things that we need to change. And I'm impatient to do that. I'm also kind of thinking, oh, I'd really like to downsize and get a cute little house that's smaller. So even though I've lived in this house for a, quite a while and I feel settled there, I still have to struggle with this isn't really, this isn't really the way I want it to be right now. Like I can think of lots of ways to improve this and I have to be satisfied with where I am. So there's no, I don't, maybe that's just my unthankful problem, <laughs> but I, I guess we all struggle with that. And I, at the same time, I'm watching David and Bethany move into a brand new house last month and my son, Matthew, um, buying a house they're closing on and it and it's an old old fixer-upper that luckily they get in on right away so they got to choose uh the kitchen and they got to choose a lot of things but so he'll be moving in there and then they're getting he and renee are getting married in the summer so then they'll both be there but it's really fun to watch to watch the next generation nesting and settling in and making a place their own and then every now and again something happens and somebody comes home and there's always this flex which, you know, is all part of dwelling. It's how to, how to dwell in, in peace when things are changing as well. As you're sharing that story, you said, I've come to love it. And that just makes me curious. Is, it, is dwelling a choice then? Do you choose to dwell somewhere? I, I think it is. You have to do the work of making it a home. And so you choose to do that work and choose to love a place. And that makes me think of Heidi White's conference talk that she did last week at our online conference about place and the importance of making a place your home. And I think that when I look back on growing up, I heard a lot of this world is not my home and all things are temporal. And we you know, there are more important things to put our efforts and our money into than making a home because it's all going to be dust, which all of that is true. But there's the other side of um, making a home a beautiful place that nourishes you and your children and that there's a that there's a place for that. There's a place for beauty and having cut flowers on your kitchen table and, you know, growing a garden and caring for the place that you live in. And she just did a beautiful job um, articulating all of that. So if you, if you listened, you'll know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't listened yet, you should, you should listen to that. 
Karen, that's a good point because I think so many times it's easy to get bogged down and, well, I didn't choose this place or I didn't choose to live in this particular city or this neighborhood. Right. And, you know, yeah, wouldn't we all love to be Wendell Berry out on a farm in Kentucky right. and life would just be perfect if, you know, if that were my life, but it's not. And it's not the life of, of my kids. It's not the life of my friends. So you're right. We have to make a choice of, you know, either dwelling in, in God's hands and trusting that he put us here for a reason and he's never left us without resources. So we always, there are always ways to cultivate, like you said, beauty. And I'm learning that where I am, you know, living in a very small house right now with my parents, you know, I, I do what I can, right? And, and it may not look the same as what I would do in my house right. with my kitchen and my pots and pans, but I can do something like you know, make dinner or bake a pie, you know, whatever my gifts are that I can literally bring to the table, that works, you know, and it's a way to love the people we're with. Yeah, that's an unusual place for you to be at this time in your life. You know, like, like sometimes like I've had some, some, some who are in their twenties come back home for a period of time for whatever. And I, I can understand that, but it must be even harder, you know, at the yeah. age of retirement to be living in your parents' home again. That's a unique challenge. I was telling Steve last night, you know, everyone we know has these crazy stories about where they lived when they were first married. And uh, now here we are. So we've been married 38 years. <laughs> and here we are. But, you know, one of the reasons that we chose, that we chose to come here what had to do with the fact that this land has been in our family since 1981. And, and the idea that we're moving back even though it has never been my home, I never lived here growing up, but it's what our kids know as home because this mm -hmm. is the only place they've come to see their grandparents and, and previously their great-grandparents when they were still living. So there is definitely a family tie and a family connection to this piece of place, this place, this property. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how the Lord's going to use that, how he's going to grow us and connect us even deeper. Because those connections have to be built, and it, it's not just going to happen overnight. That's a gift for your grandchildren, though, to continue. You know, you're allowing you're allowing those memories to keep going for the younger the younger so. ones. Yeah. Well, and there is this idea of the pilgrimage in there, because I think for so many of us, we um, we think of dwelling as our home and yes we all want to kind of get it together in our 20s and 30s so then in our 40s 50s 60s we will have arrived like we have accomplished right. the dwelling right now we have the perfect house um whether it's external or internal now we um i i actually had a great conversation with a friend about this as you come into the middle of your life and you realize my internal rooms are not as well decorated or constructed as I thought they would be by now, that I'm only, I'm only halfway through my pilgrimage. And that's why, Karen, when you were talking about choosing to love it, recognizing that we choose to dwell. And you think the example of Jesus, when it says, the word became flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld his glory, he chose to dwell among us. He chose to take on flesh and say, it's not, if I can just get through this life and shed all of the physical things of the world, like for him to enter into 
our humanity and our our homes and our places and our spaces and our our gardens and our whatever it is that he brought his redemption to those things so that we could choose those things too and that we're just i'm thinking of uh, dante's inferno when it says in the middle of my life i found myself in a dark wood and that i wasn't on the right path and learning how this is a very long pilgrimage of dwelling whether it is continuing to make our homes a place that is good, true, and beautiful, which means another day of dishes, another day of laundry, another day of pulling weeds. And it's just such hard work. It's, it's the hard work of cultivating our homes and our children, our marriages, whatever it is. Um, but then just coming back full circle to the hope of it, the possibility, like the glory of it. And I think when it says that we beheld his glory, like that was the goal of the incarnation is to bring the glory and unite that physical. Um, yeah, so thinking like this is, we're, we're in it for the long haul in the choices that we make. And it sounds to me, Renee, that this is a, are you in it for the long haul? This, oh yeah, this, <laughs> we're not moving anymore. <laughs> so I'm curious, Renee, about this new house you're building because I've seen pictures. I never got to go there, but I've seen pictures of your old, your old house, not, not old, mm-hmm. old, but the one you just left it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Looked like a wonderful place to raise your five kids. So how is this house? What, how is the design of this house different in that you'll still have grandchildren visiting? So you'll need space. But right. is, yeah. how do your plans coincide with your uh, where you are in your life now? Well, um, there's a building that's right next door to the house that's currently there. And it's it was my dad's sawmill. And now it's going to be my husband's furniture workshop. So there's a shop. There, there is a physical place to build things. Steve's really excited about that. We made sure there was room in the house for guest rooms. So we're going to have two guest rooms plus rooms for air mattresses and <laughs> wherever we yeah. can put kids if we need to. But I'm also excited. I, I'm getting an office, which oh. I've never had before. And I call it, I, I maybe a library is a better term because I'm already envisioning a, an entire wall of bookshelves. My husband is, is very kind and loving and he's kind of like, you know, I'm getting my workshop over here. You need a place for you. I'm I really love that. Forward. And a big kitchen. We, we custom designed, yeah. I mean, we, we designed the house with the help of a, a planner. And we said we our dining table when it is all extended is this this many feet long, and so the dining room needs to be big enough to accommodate a dining table that will seat you know ten to twelve people. So we're excited about that too. That sounds and like fun. You guys fun. are one one step beyond maybe where I am with my little people getting bigger people. Um, what is one way that you have learned to settle into the hope of dwelling? as you have kind of moved from having all of your kids at home to transitioning to what does it look like to dwell in your home with kids coming and going as adult children? It's hard. Karen's probably better than that. Got, <laughs> you're doing that right now more than I am. I'm doing that right now. It's tricky, but it's also wonderful. 
I'm so glad that, well, right now we have Matt at home. Matt is the one who just bought the house. He's um, engaged and he, um, so he's not home very often because he goes to visit Renee every weekend in Virginia. So, but he he brought his dog. So, you know, we have an extra animal that we didn't really choose, but he's there. And then we have Katie at home or Katerina as she's her adult name. And she she was in Uganda for five years. And so she is uh, turning 31 soon. And so as she as she kind of gets her feet back on the ground here in, in a variety of different ways, she's at home. And I love having both of them at home. It's really fun. But also, you know, we have to, I just have to be careful that I'm not still parenting them. You know, I'm I'm here for them but I don't have to know where they're going when they go out all the time. Like I don't have to know when they'll be home. And it's, it's, it's giving each other space. It's, it's giving them space to be adults and, and to have, to have autonomy in our home, but not be parenting them. It's tricky, but I really, I love it. And then, you know, we have the grandchildren over a lot because Larissa's in town and she's got two small children. And so, you know, yesterday I had them all day. I had them from the early morning until after dinner. And when I I took them home and then I came home and there were still toys everywhere. And I was really, really tired, but, but it's what I'm called to right now. And so, so I do it and I do it even though I'm tired because it's, it really is what, what we're called to do for her. So we do it. and Emily, I would I would say like to encourage someone in your your stage of life, um, the time and energy you invest in your children while they're at at home and under your roof, it's like you know putting money in a bank account, and it pays off because when they get to be older, and you shift toward not so much a parenting role but more as a friend and an advisor, it's wonderful to keep those relationships going. And I mean, it, it's beautiful. And, and Karen is seeing that and I'm seeing that with my children. And um, and also, I think when we model for our kids how we treat our parents, like honoring grandparents, then they grow up and they have kids and it just repeats itself. So it's not wasted time. It's precious, mm-hmm. wonderful time that you've got to pour into your kids right now. Well, and Lord willing, the places and the spaces that we do dwell are in some ways, a permanent resident, because you think as soon as you become a mom, that child has a permanent residence within you. Mm-hmm. They will always be a part of your your story and your great love. So I'm thoughtful as you, um, I, have, I have a dear friend who's expecting her very first child. So as I said to her the other day, I was like, you're entering like a sisterhood. You're entering a dwelling place of those who come together, who like, we know, we know what it is like to have those, those people as a permanent resident in our own hearts and how she's going to hold that, you know, tiny new life in her arms. And in some ways, you know, Karen, you're, you're letting go of these even big people, mm-hmm. um, but how it is, it's a pilgrimage of, of dwelling from the very beginning and making those choices even to, to home educate, to say, I want, I want those, my people, I want them in this home. I want to learn and grow together. And it is a lifelong endeavor, but, and looking at um, my kids moving into their teenage years and how, um, how that's so different from the baby years or from the adult years. And yet there are so many things 
that do remain and that, that stay the same, that are consistent in that. And I think so that is kind of the heart of being a homemaker to say, I will intentionally and purposefully dwell in Christ and he dwells in me. And that maybe that's the uniting of the, the places and spaces outside of us and inside of us. We are going to have to wrap up here, but we're, I am excited that in the future podcast, we're going to dive in more deeply to taking the big concept of dwell and practically saying, what does that look like? Um, what does that look like when your life is so crazy busy? What does it look like when you're experiencing trauma or an emergency situation? What does that look like in 2020? Because everything's crazy this year. What does that look like in baby years or teen years inside us, outside us? So we're going to have a chance to have a conversation on that together. But as we wrap up, there was a, as I was just looking through the word dwell in different um, literature and in scripture, I came across at the, at the very end in Revelation, it says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. And thinking as we are homemakers, creating places and spaces, what a thought to think that he dwells with us. And how uniting that is to all of us who are in all sorts of seasons of life. And Karen, do you have any just last thoughts on that as we wrap up? I've been thinking about the word flourish or flourishing in relation to dwelling, that when we dwell intentionally and purposefully as I think that was a word you used recently, that, that we, we make a space for flourishing for our children to flourish, for ourselves to flourish, for, you know, the land to flourish. When the good work is done, the result is flourishing. And how that is the result of dwelling well. Yeah. It's a flourishing life. I love that. We were, we're going to keep this conversation going. We're going to join together again. And we're so thankful that you have joined us. Here's to home. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.